Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. Uh, we got another preseason game under belt. Uh, two down, one to go. Lost to the Tennessee Titans 24-16. Uh, but we're here as we try to do to talk a little bit about some of the good things. Uh, and overall, I, I guess I haven't actually talked to Kyle about this. Yeah, we did a little bit of talk pre-recording, uh, but uh, maybe just from an overall sense, from your perspective, uh, was was this week better than the week before? Kind of depends, I think, where you're looking, right? Certain aspects were certainly better. I thought Jaron Hall looked better. Uh, he was four for seven, which, you know, again, it's not like a full stat line, four for seven for 49 yards. So his four completions actually went for more, more yardage than in the opening preseason game. And those three incompletions, they might have been tough grabs, but I think each one of them could have been snagged. You know what I mean? So I, I, I just think it was a much tidier day from Hall, which is what everyone wants to see. Just just a little less skittish, you know, a little less inclined to kind of like back out and roll out. Um, like I, I would say encouraging. This is a fifth round rookie, right? So any progress and just like that simple excellence, I, I think is really great, right? Yeah. Well, let's let's sit with the quarterback position a little bit because I was gonna. If you didn't bring it up, I was gonna bring it up. I I did think. Yeah. From you can look at the stat line and say you know four for seven, forty nine yards. Uh, yeah. A little underwhelming, but it's also it's like, modest. It's, it's modest. It's, yeah. It's not a huge sample size there, but but I think mm-hmm. as you mentioned, like even the process, like seeing him and like I exactly. felt like there were some things that you noticed in terms of. I know some of the communication around Jaron Hall has been footwork, uh, but mm-hmm. but was he seemed poised. Uh, there were a couple throws. He had there was one of those incompletions in particular that was definitely a catchable ball. That again, oh yeah, uh, yeah. that happens. But but felt like uh, he actually looked quite quite good. And and I think that again, Kirk Cousins is QB one, uh, not a debate, but. I think it does feel a little bit like, at least at the backup position, it, I, from my standpoint, it feels like actually you feel pretty good about where the Vikings are at from a, having Nick Mullins as your backup. And then again, yeah. whatever they do with Jaron Hall, whether I know that there's uh, like, whether he's on that 53 man roster or if he's that, I know that you can carry a mm-hmm. third quarterback without being on the third 53 man roster, whatever they end up doing there. Uh, I feel like you, you feel okay about the depth at that position um maybe more so than you have in previous years so clarifying point there so if jaron hall makes it and i think it's basically a nine nine plus percent chance that he does make it he counts towards the 53 man roster the difference being on the game day roster because you don't actually dress 53 guys for a game and so the exemption is on game day you can dress that third quarterback without accounting towards your game day allotment of players okay so i I, okay yeah so that's that's the and i i do but i am confident and i i basically agree with what sam's saying like it's going to be three quarterbacks uh kevin o'connell really likes nick mullins really likes him is always very complimentary and uh said after the game his presser for that you know again just thought mullins played well he did allude to you know some of the balls being a little bit off their placement you know maybe a little bit too high and this kind of thing and that really impacts yard after the catch you know when it's in the receiver's chest in their hands they can tuck it away cleanly and then and then you're turning upfield and you're gaining yards a little bit off 
kind of here and there. That kind of impacts, throws you off balance, easier tackle, that kind of thing. So, but again, he's your QB too. And he just is so tough. And uh, I, I, I just think he's exactly who you want as a QB too. He moves pretty well. He's not scared at all at the moment. Uh, he's a gamer. He's like Case Keenum in, in a lot of ways. He's just the ideal QB too. And then I think with Jaron Hall, you just want him to keep making progress. You know, he was talking about after that first preseason game, you know, he was saying just like getting in and out of the huddle is new for him. Because a lot of times in college, it's about pace and you move so quickly and I'm communicating the play call just a single word. And so like literally going into the huddle, telling them a play, getting out of the huddle like that, that it can be, you know, like part of that learning progression, right? Because it's just different than what he did at BYU. So um Overall, I, I just think the Vikings should be encouraged about where they stand at quarterback. You know, and I, yeah, as this is controversial, but I, I think that hierarchy looks like you want it to look right now. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, and I appreciate the the, the clarifying point there about Jaron Hall. I, I had seen some discussion about whether he's, uh, whether he does make that fifty-three man roster or not, and it sounds like there's some almost guaranteed. Sounds like there's some different options uh, there, but again, yeah. Big step forward for him. Uh, anyone else mm-hmm. that you noticed uh, with a big step forward? I, I guess one of the maybe I, I can throw out uh, a name on on my end, but uh, Nick. Go ahead. Muse. You yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't wasn't sure if you're going to bring him up. Yeah. Yeah. So I I felt like again, there's it's a bit of a crowded uh, tight end group now, right? Uh, with the additions they made in the off season, and again, you got Hawkinson, but it does. I think one of the things that that highlights is that. Uh, different uh, personnel usage for the Vikings uh, could be in use with the the depth that they have uh, at tight end. And, and uh, again, mm-hmm. between Hall and, and Muse, I felt like those were, at least from my perspective, the two guys that really seem to uh, have big days. Yeah, I, th- I thought Muse looked excellent. It's going to be tough, like you're saying. O'Connell just referred to Johnny Munt as the best TE3 in the NFL. Right. So you got Hawkinson's guarantee. Oliver's a guarantee. You have someone whom O'Connell says is the best number three tight end in the NFL. That doesn't sound like someone you're going to rush to cut if you're keeping three tight ends. Uh, But then again, Nick Muse, and I think coming out of college, Sam, I believe the scouting report on him was that he was a good blocker. Right. And so if he is someone who can really help block, and if she, he's someone who can make a play or two here and there as a pass catcher. And last year, I believe, Sam, every single one of his snaps came on special teams. So he is someone who's going to contribute for Matt Daniels on specials. That's someone who adds value, right? I know he's a seventh-round tight end from a year ago. I don't know if teams would be in a rush to pick him up if he were to be cut and slid to the practice squad. But I also wouldn't be at all shocked if they cut him. And somebody else comes calling and makes Nick Muse their TE3. Uh, so that's kind of the concern a little bit. There seems to be kind of a bit of a crunch there, which is a good problem to have, but a problem nevertheless. And so it, it, Muse is certainly one to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. And and again, this is it's a great problem to have in some ways. Again, oh, you, yeah. I feel like there is this tendency, at least in sports sometimes, where you just you hate losing guys like uh, a Nick Muse. Uh, yeah. In other sports, again, you you will lose guys on on waivers. Uh, every sport's got a little bit of a different process, but 
Uh, we talk about the depth at quarterback, the depth at tight end. Again, there's a lot of receivers as well uh, yeah, yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Again, no, seeing how the, the Vikings team and, and the strengths and weaknesses over the past couple of years, uh, I think we probably prefer to have these conversations on the defensive side of the ball uh, rather than the offensive side of the ball. But but it's gonna, there's some difficult decisions that are going to have to be made here uh and within the next week right we've got uh the teams need to be down to their 53-man roster by august 29th yep. which is uh at the time of recording eight days away so you've got uh exactly. arizona on saturday and then by next tuesday um you're forced to make some decisions here that's exactly right so it's going to be chaotic following the cardinals game and kind of that process the great descent is going to begin Right. And the Vikings are actually carrying, I think they're up to 91 men. They're allowed to carry 91 men, at least, given that um, Junior Ajo counts as an exception. So, you know, it's descending from 91 to 53. And it's possible that they don't even go to 53. It's possible they go to 52 or 51 in anticipation of, you know, someone who maybe gets cut elsewhere, who they're looking to kind of steal from a rival team. Uh, so it's going to be chaotic for sure. Um there's going to be a real crunch. Depth safety, depth corner, depth receiver, tight ends. A lot of uncertainty there, right? So it's there's going to be at least one, two, three Vikings names uh, who are going to be kind of painful to see cut. And then that's, I, I think that's basically every year kind of thing, but it's still a thing that definitely raises eyebrows and just kind of be prepared for it as, as we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. Uh, before we transition to to maybe a, a different uh, space, was there anyone else that maybe you just wanted to to throw a quick shout out to or or uh, highlight from? Maybe I don't know if there's any defensive players that you would say fall into that that category. I'm going to skip right over the defense. I'm not happy with the defense after allowing like 280 rushing yards. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't imagine. Ryan Flores is happy about allowing 280 rushing yards. Uh, that would make any D coordinator very disappointed. Uh, what I will say is Greg Joseph nailing all his kicks, and that's after the Vikings uh, cut Jack Lesney, the competition for Gro Joseph. So Greg Joseph is the winner of your kicking battle and looks good so far. So let's keep that up. Uh, a clean day of kicking is always welcome in Minnesota. Always. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to go special teams again. Uh, oh, Joseph, dude, Thompson. Well, uh, Wright got a lot of punting opportunities in this game. Uh, and Najee uh, Thompson as the gunner. I was going to say. I know he's in concussion. He's in concussion protocol, and so hoping that it's just minor and that he couldn't kind of sail through it. But back to back weeks now. Do you know? Do you know who really wants Najee Thompson to make the team? It's Ryan Ryan Wright. Like if you if you're a punter and your gunner can stop the punt returner for no gain consistently that is just you know chef's kiss that's beautiful so I, I gotta think that mr wright aka the stallion really wants thompson to be on the team and i again at this point un unless there's like a significant injury dude i think thompson's on the team like and, I, and that's not really a hot take at this point Tom thompson's on this team he is very very good on special teams Am amazing really well i know the the nfl social team uh even posted his uh Yep. his uh coverage on on uh, saturday just talking about that like again 
Yeah. Very, very good. I, I thought you were going to say uh, Najee Thompson wants Najee Thompson on the team, which uh, certainly, certainly he does. Yeah. But, but you said having a, having that kind of player and, and uh, being able to, to punt and know that you've got a gunner like that shooting down the field. That's yeah. uh, it's a, it a, can be a, a big difference maker. And again, Seriously, we talked about yeah. the, the yards that's coming back, but uh, if he keeps going like this, he's going to force some fumbles. Uh, yep. As that's well. true. That's, that's a good point. That is huge. It's uh, a good point to to, yep. to make that happen. That uh, that especially when you can advance the ball that far down the field and then retain possession. That's uh, that's huge. So so again, yeah, certainly offense and special teams has been ha- had some highlights. Again, they're they're the team is still not doing. Um, they're they're not winning. Uh, yep. But but within that, I guess that kind of points to the fact that. We have not seen starters and uh, we've got one more preseason game. And I know that your sense is that we're probably not going to see them uh, with yep. three either. Zero chance. Yeah, basically zero chance. And, you know, this this discussion exists all over the place. Um, joint practices basically replace starters playing in the preseason. Uh, the ones get opportunity to... Um, practice against other ones at joint practice and so that took place between minnesota and tennessee this past week that will take place this upcoming week between minnesota and arizona uh and that's going to be the evaluation that kind of matters for uh the vikings and so uh, i just think there's absolutely zero chance we see any of the really established starters this next saturday instead it's going to be your twos and threes and fours and then, you know, the Vikings are going to kind of proceed from there. And really, Kevin O'Connell and his crew are going to accomplish what they want to accomplish uh, when Arizona comes to town to practice against the Vikings. So that's really where that goes. And then as for the game itself, like wins and losses, who cares? You know, the goal of a preseason game is not to win. The goal of a preseason game is to continue evaluating your roster. Once the regular season arrives, you're you're that that kind of shifts. I mean, you're always evaluating your roster and your talent, trying to get better, but the goal shifts and that the emphasis is more so on winning the game. So right, right now, it's like, if you win the game, it's great. You know, it's nice to win, I guess. Uh, but that's really not the focus. It, it, it's developing your players, learning about your players, evaluating your players, all those things. So uh, no starters, I would say, on Saturday night. Not that I'm in charge of making this decision, but you're going to see starters against the Cardinals in practice. And if they lose again on Saturday night, who cares? We're, we're, we're just trying to learn about the team. No, I, I think that makes sense. And, and maybe just a question, because I've seen some conversations about, about this uh, on Twitter, but uh, also feels like preseason, there's a bit of lack of creativity uh, in terms of yes. play calls. Um, yes. Is that, uh, I, what do you have to say about that? That is 100% true. Why would you tip your hands? And I'm gonna just gonna unravel my best play calls. Uh, so no, yeah, that's that's 100 true. And even uh, like you think like your best play calls and a lot of your concepts, um, a lot of times they're developed around certain play. Like there are plays in there specifically for Justin Jefferson. Plays in there specifically for KJ Osborne, working off of Justin Jefferson. You know, and 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 so on and so forth. And so. It's not to say that the, the play calls we're seeing aren't going to show up in the regular season. You know, the Vikings are staying true to their identity. They're doing, 
you know, they're running through the kind of key concepts that are going to kind of be central to their philosophy. But yeah, that's that's certainly true. This is a very bland, basic, you know, this meal is coming out with salt and pepper. It's it's not we're not throwing anything crazy on it. Uh, it's just kind of a very basic meal at this point. And that's fine. Again, that's that's fine. We're worried about technique, effort, hustle, compete, physicality, blocking well, tackling well. That's what we're looking to see. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Well, again, so you got Arizona coming up here. Uh, maybe, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I've got one final question for you that's a little bit on the pessimistic side. Uh, nope. But Pessimistic but, Sam. I know, I know. It's, uh, try, yeah. I try try to avoid it, but I, I, I feel like it's important to talk about at least, I again, I'm just going to give you a bit of a multiple choice question, but uh, yep. in... There's always going to be discourse around uh, issues that you see on the team. And again, there's uh, the video that surfaced from uh, those uh, joint practices today or uh, last week when uh, you see your your offensive lineman get pancaked. Uh, never a great yeah. uh, yeah. thing. So area of concern, position of concern, if you had to choose between interior offensive line, interior defensive line, or the cornerback position, where are you putting your uh, your your concern at? If you had to choose between to one of those three, where where is where is Kyle concerned on Monday morning, uh, August twenty first? Yeah, the Kyle concern would be more for the interior O line, but I would hasten to add, I, I know the clip that you're referencing with Bradbury getting thrown down. John Sullivan, I don't know if you've seen his retweet of that in response. Who used to play center for the Vikings a good offensive lineman. Um, his basic point was that the D tackles alignment, you know, basically in two, two technique. Uh, in a real game, left guard is going to at least get a paw, you know, at least get a hand on that D tackle. And in so doing allow Bradbury an extra half second to kind of get to his spot in pass pro. Uh, not having that, that one-on-one look kind of forces Bradbury to kind of really hustle to get out there, right? And 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 do so in kind of an artificial way. And in so doing, he's off balance. And so when then he makes that move and kind of gets Bradbury down, I mean, I, I know there's issue with Bradbury's anchor, but in that instance, it's less about power and more about balance. And he's off balance, and therefore he's not powerful. So and I understand Bradbury's had his struggles. That was not a good moment for Bradbury. Um, the Titans and, and Vikings practices get a little bit chippy. You know what I mean? And and that's a moment where the Titans are certainly very pleased. But it's a little bit artificial at the same time. Yeah. And no. and but e- even still, I, I do have concerns. For sure. But that specific moment is a little overblown. It looks worse than it is. It it so, did look worse. And I don't know if you saw there's camera angles from both sides. You can see the side from yeah. the Vikings and uh the one, especially from the Titans, and uh looks uh from my vantage point looks worse. Um looks poor. Yeah, it looks poor. Uh, but uh as you mentioned, and, and you talked about this even like it's you're kind of hope that you see some chippiness and much rather that happen now than uh in the regular season. So you got it. It's, Mike uh, Zimmer used to say, "You'd rather say woe than go." Yeah, you'd rather you guys be a little too competitive, a little too feisty, than have no fight, no sense of competitiveness at all, right? So it's better to say woe than go. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll ask final question then as we wrap up here. 
and just yes or no, you don't even have to expand on it, but do the Vikings make a signing? Again, there's some names that have been floated there, but do the Vikings sign someone on the offensive interior offensive line uh, before week one? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll uh, maybe, maybe you're, I don't know. I know Kyle is going to be doing some writing this week about some different Mm -hmm. things. Uh, I don't know if if, uh, you or someone else may be writing a little bit about, uh, Mm -hmm. about some decisions that the Vikings could be making again, talking a lot about cuts, but there's going to be the possibility of additions as well over the next little while. Uh, But we'll, we'll wrap up there. Again, we've got Arizona coming up this week, and, and next week we'll get a chance to debrief that and maybe even do a little bit of uh, uh, who stays, who goes, or at least maybe even understanding a bit about numbers at each position because that's going to be an interesting one, as we talked about with yep. uh, tight ends, wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see uh, both who stays and how many stay as well. So we'll wrap up there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, hope you all have a good week. Be sure to check out Vikings coverage, vikingsterritory.com, purpleptsd.com. But thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Monday. Thanks.